Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Good morning, folks. We are live at the Hyatt Regency for the 20th anniversary of Greater New Orleans, Inc., their annual luncheon 2024. This is where they hand off the leadership of the board chair from 2023, Susan Bonnet Bourgeois, to the incoming chair, Christopher Kane with Adams and Reese, will be the 2024 board chair here. We may have been 1,200 attendees 30 days ago. As of this morning, we're at 1,500 attendees. This place is going to be rocking. It's going to be packed. There's no doubt about it. And we know that we have, as we always do, a great lineup. Joining us right out of the box here, Cam Poole from Greater New Orleans, Inc., as well as Salem Habte. Uh, and we're going to be talking about future energy initiatives. Folks, welcome to the show. Thanks, Noel. We're happy to be here. So, Cam, obviously the energy sector is incredibly important to the state of Louisiana. Uh, it's always been more or less the fossil fuel industry, right, oil and gas. Uh, a lot of new energy alternatives, green energy alternatives as well on the horizon. Important that we play a part in it, right? Yeah, and we already are, uh, especially for offshore wind. It's a, a clear extension of our oil and gas leadership from the services we provide, the vessels we've built. Uh, a lot of those unique skill sets that are required to pull off complex offshore projects like that. I manage our Geno Wind Alliance program, which is 250 plus companies who share that vision for Louisiana's leadership. And of course, as we have our first. So I want you to say that again, because a, a lot of people don't realize you just said there are 250 companies in the Wind Alliance that Greater New Orleans Inc. is helping to facilitate, bring together, create synergy, right? And, and kind of move this sector forward. Yeah, exactly. And so a lot of those are our local suppliers. We recently partnered with RWE, the developer of the first offshore wind project in the Gulf of Mexico, to capture that in a database that has over 130 companies in Louisiana that are already engaging offshore wind or seeing a clear opportunity to based off the services they provide. We also have a lot of those national developers and global partners who, again, recognize the importance of Gulf of Mexico offshore wind opportunities coming to the picture. And this is important to to have this coordination and this kind of organizational effort right because a lot of times you have one-offs that are running they're all doing their same the same thing in the infancy of an industry right uh but w when you bring this collaborative effort together i think you are able to advance a lot quicker is the goal correct yeah, definitely. And I think it's also important to recognize that with one-off opportunities, it's harder for those developers of projects to understand how to coordinate with the right workforce programs. That's a lot of the work that Salem leads um, relevant to the work that Geno Inc. is doing with Offshore Wind, as well as coordinating with our suppliers and making sure that there's a clear case for how the supply chain can work together. Of, of, otherwise, just as you said, it's going to be a little bit harder to advance quickly um, and meaningfully. So Salem Workforce Development, that's music to everybody's ears because that's really what has the most immediate impact on our economy, correct? Absolutely. This is a really huge moment for Louisiana, and a lot of what GNO Inc. 
is doing is making sure that we take advantage of this nascent industry while we can. And so we're predicting over the next 10 years that the workforce within new energy is going to grow 125%. And so more than 12,000 jobs, which is insane considering that in 2022, there are about 5,000 jobs. We're going to see a lot of growth. We're in a competition business, right? Uh, when we talk about these, uh, the situation, it's not like it's just sitting out there pie in the sky. We're competing against other states that are trying to be as proactive as we are. So it's important that, that we get to a number of milestones, maybe not first, but near first, right? Uh, certainly. I think uh, green hydrogen definitely speaks to that. That's a market where Louisiana can compete with other states to sell these cleaner fuels globally, right? Uh, our energy products that we develop are not just nationally uh, purchased, but we're exporting them across the globe. And that's really where Louisiana has an opportunity to be competitive here, broker those deals with these international companies and demonstrate we're not only creating green fuels for ourselves, but to decarbonize the global picture. And Louisiana is going to be pretty essential to that. Now, Salem, I got to imagine as well, the federal government, given a number of enormous that come in many shapes, sizes, forms, um, that is uh, helps to stimulate workforce development. That, is that something that GNOA kind of keeps their finger on the pulse of as well? It definitely is. In fact, all of our future energy work is funded by the Economic Development Administration. And so uh, with the Build Back Better uh, challenge that happened a few years ago, we actually were the recipient of $50 million from the EDA, matched by Louisiana Economic Development by almost $25 million um, for our initiative, H to the Future, which is designed to support not only the work Cam is talking about within business development, uh, within offshore wind and other renewables, but all of our workforce programs. And so that's just a testament to how um, the federal government is looking towards Louisiana, not just because of our industrial corridor, but because of our high energy production, our workforce, and our access to the Gulf Coast. It's a huge area of opportunity, and the feds know that we are essential in the transition to cleaner energy. And I guess it's kind of interesting that um, the similarities, what if you're offshore to alternative energy sources to the fossil fuel industry, how similar they are in, in the way that you have to construct and do a lot of different things. And the same thing on land, right? So let's actually put a number to that, right? For offshore wind, about 85% of those skill sets match. So we're really talking about building off the strong foundation of curriculum. Our community colleges, higher education are partnering. Going to shout out Nunes Community College for advancing an offshore wind technician program that's going live next fall. Integrated with University of New Orleans Engineering, so there's a clear pathway. Onshore, you know, similarly, hydrogen infrastructure uh, mirrors the needs and skill sets that we've developed in transporting LNG and other fuels too. So definitely a lot of compatibility. I also want to, you know, add to the fact that we're way ahead on innovation. Uh, the EDA, beyond funding H to the future, recently designated Louisiana as one of 30 tech hubs, and ours is specific for innovating offshore wind. So we re received another $500,000 to advance that work, and we're competing for another $70 million to implement some really unique projects you'll probably see uh, more mat materials and information on in the near term. And, and that's a byproduct of the symbiotic relationship that y'all created amongst all the players within the industry. Uh, because the same thing in workforce development, there's so many similarities and so many uh, disciplines 
in the fossil fuel industry that translates easily into offshore wind, whether it's welders, uh, pipe fitters, whatever it may be, because a lot of the transmission works very similarly and a lot of everything else works very similarly, right? That's exactly right. Like Cam said, the skill sets match, but it's also important for us to recognize that 20,000 jobs have been lost over the last 20 years within the fossil fuel industry um, because of our transition to cleaner energy. Of course, that's something we want for the country and for the environment, but we have to pay attention to the people of Louisiana, who's losing their jobs, um, who, who had those jobs in the first place. So we're very focused on inclusion with the creation of these workforce programs. We're upping our efforts within recruitment and retention of displaced workers, um, the reentry population here in Louisiana, and minorities, making sure that they get those jobs. And, um, and it's not an either-or proposition, right? I mean, these are not mutually exclusive. Wind, carbon capture, green energy, I mean, um, what was yeah, the other source that you mentioned? My mind just went blank. Solar, geothermal, so, name solar, it. You'll geothermal, see a lot of yeah. those coming so they're online not, here. They're, this, these are not either-or propositions. Certainly mm-hmm. not. In fact, a lot of the firms that you know I'm alluding to in Louisiana that are already leading national developments in offshore wind um, and other renewables do all of the above, right? They're balancing what they've been doing in oil and gas and these traditional energy sources and strategically diversifying, building those new lines of service where they need to to service renewables, again, building off that foundation. So our Edison Shues, for example, our Port Fouchons, certainly are predominant service providers. 98% of offshore oil and gas operations are serviced by that, that facility, but they're chartering that course to the future and these new applications pretty, pretty easily because of that strong foundation and certainly doing both at the same time. Right. And... And, it's, and it still doesn't mean that we're not attempting to grow oil and gas because there's still the capacity to do so in this transition period, right? Yeah, I mean, we just had a, another oil and gas sale this past November, uh, right? So you're seeing these new opportunities um, advanced while these um, next opportunities, new applications and new energies are being offered as well. Um, I think it's clear there's a, a lean towards the future relevant to where right. opportunities are being rolled out. But the Inflation Reduction Act basically parameters new wind opportunities for leasing um, by an an oil and gas sale having taken place, which is why actually we just had our first offshore wind lease, right? Next year, we have four new energy areas being offered by virtue of this November oil and gas sale. So again, connecting how these opportunities are being rolled out together. How a lot of the players are the same, but a lot are new. Uh, Any differences that you notice? I mean... Uh, you've worked in the, with the folks in the fossil fuel industry for a long time, but those those more those folks that not want to say more, but different type of innovators coming in with the the alternative energy sources. Any difference? So I am going to use this to shout out that we have Louisiana Wind Energy Week taking place next week with a yeah. lot of these national partners, international suppliers and developers coming here to Louisiana. And, you know, you'll hear a lot in conversations like that from our suppliers who have engaged in the industry so far that working with European countries and the way these develop, offshore wind developments in particular were advanced there versus what they'll look like in the U.S., definitely is a different type of contract and engagement than they're used to. So we're definitely noticing some differences, but these first movers are developing best practices that are going to support our smaller companies and middle-sized ones. And to, to more directly answer your question, a lot of these new energies were advanced in European and foreign countries first. So it's about a balance of bringing those over, but making sure we're still creating domestic jobs and doing it towards a best application for the U.S. Because if you think about the track that oil and gas took, you know, going back to what, the 20s or, you know, 30s, um, 
people looked upon them as being significant risk takers. I'm kind of curious if the viewpoint is the same of those that are coming to market with these alternative energy sources. I think we're finding that some of these big oil and gas players are now warming up to the fact that embracing renewables is going to be the new norm. So um, players that we really didn't think would embrace some of the work we were doing are actually adopting their own strategies around uh, offshore wind, carbon capture and sequestration. They're sort of going full force. And so they understand that it's important. Well, and it's almost easier for them, right? Because they have the infrastructure in place. They have the confidence of the capital markets. They have a a bunch of things working to their advantage. Um, And they may not have to be, how should I put, as entrepreneurial, uh, you know, as others because they have a lot of that already in place and they've already worked in those sectors. Yeah, you hit the right points there. And I do want to shout out Shell, right? That's a legacy oil and gas player that certainly brought a lot of economic stimulation to a state like Louisiana. They've been a leader in offshore wind in Europe. They have that internal capacity, the capital uh, confidence needed to finance these yeah. pretty unpredictable at projects at times in the context of our supply chain challenges here. And they're also entrepreneurial. They've partnered with Gulf Wind Technologies here to innovate that wind product that will make sense in the Gulf with our lower wind resources and those hurricane practices. So organizations like Shell really touch upon carrying over our past applications to the future. And we had the guy from Gulf Wind on, on the show Wednesday with, with yep. Michael, and they're going to have the first prototype, and he referred to as this being a small uh, windmill, I think 178 feet in height. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I would say that's small, and he goes, well, it is. Well, scale matters. <laughs> uh, the diameter of an offshore turbine is the Superdome, so the yeah. area swept by an... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, folks. We're joined by Richard Cortezas with Jones Walker and Kim Boyle with Phelps Dunbar. We're just teasing them that we're going to have an arm wrestle off right here. Two of the largest law firms working together on the NOLA Coalition. Uh, we're just having a lot of good fun out here. Absolutely. And it's a, a good, healthy competition, but a great cause, NOLA Coalition. I Absolutely. Was just, I was just kind of bragging about how much I've really enjoyed uh, speaking with all of the folks that are involved, all of the not-for-profits, all of the difference makers in our community, working in the trenches. All of that sounds cliche, Absolutely. but it's working. Absolutely. 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 And thank you, Newell, for hosting a member of the NOLA Coalition Weekly. Credit to you as well. Um, it's my pleasure. So tell us, where are we? I mean, I know the coalition has been growing by leaps and bounds since the last time we talked last year. Last year. 
uh, it, it, the whole thing is different, I mean, <laughs> by numbers and, you know, involvement. Well, bottom line is we continue to add new members every single week, Newell, as you're aware. We're over 570 nonprofits and business organizations that are involved in NOLA Crime Coalition. And bluntly, we truly believe that this group that has come together from all segments of the New Orleans community has really made a difference in trying to address the relevant issues that we need to, one, reduce crime, but more importantly, to actually invest in our youth in the city of New Orleans. If we can do that second prong, that second prong will actually directly impact the first prong of reduction of violence and crime in the city of New Orleans. Yeah, Newell, I'll add to to Ken's uh, notes, you know, we are today at about about 570 members. Um, You know, we're at about 8 million uh, raised towards our 15 million three-year yep. goal for youth support services. So that's really exciting. Um, I think that's a, that's, a, that's a testament, evidence of folks engaging, being involved, uh, us getting the word out there, and, and people seeing real results. Uh, so we're really excited about that. You know, one of the things that I've been really excited about, too, is um, capacity. Uh, I think a lot of these groups were suffering from access to places, people, things. And as as we've gone through this year talking more and more and as the coalition has begun to mature, uh, you see a lot more of a sharing experience, uh, one helping the other. Because a lot of their mission and vision statements are very, very similar in nature, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot of overlap between the organizations that we end up supporting. As you know, Newell, we're supporting things like family support, STEM education, youth advocacy, childhood literacy, workforce development. And a lot of these organizations do have, I would say, overlapping missions, but I think that's good. And they've learned to kind of come together, work together, and build the capacity, to use your language, um, really to support the kids in our community. Because one of the disturbing trends that we did see at the end of 2023, notwithstanding that all of the other numbers, such as murder, carjackings, et cetera, those numbers had dropped. We actually had 23 murders of young people. Yeah. That cannot continue. No, absolutely. It's a challenge uh, for sure. Uh, but, it, you know, it, and one of the things, too, is that the uh, sector of the population that they're dealing with are, are folks that just don't have a lot of flexibility. They're not nimble. You know, it's not like... If they have an issue with their child that they can just go take off because these are difficult choices. Am I going to make enough money this week to be able to address these situations? And when you can relieve uh, families of that burden by assisting on some of, you know, what's that book, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff? That's right. But this is just the opposite. We need to sweat the small stuff because that that the, it's a much bigger difference maker, you know, for these families. Uh, absolutely, that's why those organizations that we support and those youth support service organizations are so critical to the mission of the NOLA Coalition. And and Kim was absolutely right. Um, while their mission statements may cross, they do work very well together. But I will also note that it's very the the efforts and the successes of those organizations is also buttressed by the engagement and involvement of the business community. Yeah. People like Greg Rusevich. And then you also have like Ronald Coleman, NAACP, right. uh, Melissa Sawyer with YEP, uh, Sonny Lee with Son of a Saints, Jim Cook with the Sheraton, 
Um, just to name a few, Pete November, Oshner, yeah. um, you know, Jay LaPere, Natalie Simon, folks like that, and many other, countless others, from the business side that are engaging with these youth organizations to, 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 to enhance the quality of services that we're providing to the underserved community uh, in our city. So NOLA Coalition has roughly how many, how, a year and a half under yeah, its Yeah, about a year. Uh, that's about a year and a about half. About a year we're and a half. 18 months. Absolutely. So we're, we're, we've embarked on 2024. What's the thought process? Well, bottom line is we have outlined actually a specific set of tactics that we want to use to further support public safety and further support our youth. And I'll just hit upon a couple and then turn it over to Richard. We obviously are going to continue to monitor the recruitment and retention for NOPD. We all believe that that is critical to reducing crime, reducing violence in the city of New Orleans. We will clearly continue to work with um, Governor Landry's administration. We all know that Governor Landry has stated right off the bat that addressing the issue of crime in the city of New Orleans is, I think, one of his highest priorities during his administration. And he's working with the district attorney's office there. So we're going to do that. We have enhanced enhanced technology for the NOPD is very critical. And, and, And Kim touched upon a point that's very important. We've made no secret that we welcome the resources of the state. So we will be working with Governor Landry uh, and and the state police, as well as our partners in neighboring parishes, Sheriff Joe Lapinto. We've engaged with him. He's been great. Um, I think it's unprecedented, the relationship that he has with the current chief, Mm -hmm. um, which is actually very exciting. Uh, and we welcome that. And again, we will, we're going to double down on youth support services, and we're, we're excited about that. So we're, we're very optimistic uh, of, about the future. You know, it's, what's interesting, and I hope people avail themselves of this, uh, because obviously in the 18 months that you've been in the NOLA coalition, I mean, you know, I've, I've worked in this discipline a long time, and there's so many groups out there doing things that I'm completely and totally unaware of. And, I, you know, one thing that I recognize right away and why I will continue to do so in 2024 is that I had no idea the breadth and depth of the groups. The upside to that is if the, if there are policymakers at the state level, I certainly hope that they have a seat at the table for the NOLA coalition uh, because I think Absolutely. that there's a lot of valuable information that y'all are collecting and, quite frankly, need the opportunity to disseminate to to uh, folks that are going to impact state policy on all of these issues. Absolutely, Newell. I mean, we invite everyone to attend the meetings. Absolutely. We invite everyone 100%. to become a part of it. And we've had elected officials that have attended the meetings. As you know, Walt Leger, who is kind yeah. of running the hospitality industry in the city, he's an active member of NOLA Crime Coalition. So to your point, we intend to continue to increase those relationships as we move forward. And you were teasing us kind of about the law firm thing at the beginning. But one thing I'm <laughs> actually proud to brag about is a number of the larger and mid-sized law firms have also joined together to support the NOLA Crime Coalition. No, absolutely, 100%. Look, the firms like, and again, not to, you know, but like <laughs> firms like Jones Walker. It's okay, and folks. Phelps stand Lamar. by. We're going to have the arm wrestle. <laughs> and I'm going to win. No, but, but, but our, our respective firms have, 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 have supported us, have encouraged not only us, but others to be involved. And, and look, we've doubled down. 
we, we reinvested in our community, uh, in our office spaces, and, and we're here. We're here for the long run. Absolutely. 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 Thank you all so much for uh, joining Thank us you. today. And, and I want to make sure that I get you guys on at, at some point Absolutely. during the year with the NOLA Coalition uh, hour that, that we have set up every Tuesday at 11 o'clock. And, and I, um, I promise you I, I intend to continue that. I've thoroughly enjoyed it thoroughly enjoyed uh, giving them a platform to talk about what they do they're so proud uh, about their accomplishments and and their, their accomplishments are many and they're varied uh, and it, it's really it's one of those uh, you know periods of time that I spend on on radio where I leave feeling better that's great to hear and again yeah, thank and you for all your support great pleasure thank you really appreciate Absolutely. it thank y'all enjoy today's luncheon 1500 strong yes. in there yes. i'm telling you what <laughs> i walked you know into me? that go room. i walked into that room and i was like oh my god <laughs> 20 years of success absolutely continuing to bill y'all have a great 2024 thank you, thank you so much thank for you us. we'll Take be care. right back folks right. we're broadcasting live here at the hyatt the annual 2024 gno inc luncheon stay with us I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, folks. We are covering some territory this morning already. It's been great. The crowd's starting to build here at the uh, annual luncheon for uh, G&O, Inc. We have the incoming board, uh, outgoing, uh, excuse me, board chair, Susan Bonnet-Bourgeois, incoming board chair, Christopher Kane with Adams and Reese. And joining us right now is Louis David, New Orleans Business Alliance. He just got appointed CEO in December of That's 2023, right. so he's uh, new to the job. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Newell. I'm new to the position, but I've been with NOLA BA uh, almost nine years now. Oh, okay. So in that time, we've done so much work with um, GNO Inc., with all of our regional partners, with our state partners, which will have kind of a new slate of uh, partners at the state level uh, as we have a change in the governor. Um, and then we also work very closely with the city of New Orleans and our um, city council members, as well as the mayor's office. So um, this is a great day where everybody kind of comes together and you get to see everybody for the first time since the holidays. And it reminds you of meetings that you need to schedule for the next right. couple of weeks. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. A lot of there, there are a lot of business groups and I shouldn't say a lot, a number of business groups. And I don't think folks realize that y'all don't really work cross-purposes with one another. The chamber doesn't work cross-purposes with the business alliance, and y'all don't work cross-purposes with GNO Inc. It's refreshing to see how complementary all of these organizations are to one another. Yeah, we do a really good job, a much better job of uh, in previous years of not stepping on each other's feet. So, you know, we'll, we'll make sure that we're aligned with our goals and making sure that 
we're not doing something that the Chamber of Commerce is doing or GNO Inc. or look at our partners for leverage rather than competition. Right. So you guys are doing this. All right, we'll take this part of it. Um, and it does require a lot of meetings and a lot of uh, coordination. But at the end of the day, I mean, we're a, we've got 4 million people in the state of Louisiana. We've got 1.2 million people in the metro area. You know, we're competing against larger population cities, metro areas, states. So we've got to work together. What I like about it, too, is it, it develops this kind of spirit of congeniality in the business community, right? Yeah. And, and I think we have, we, we've come together and realized that, we're, we, as you just appropriately pointed out, we have much bigger competition mm-hmm. when we think outside of the state of Louisiana as opposed to internally. Yeah, I think the internal competition, um, I don't think there's a lot of internal competition. Yeah. In fact, you know, NOLA BA, we are the public-private partnership for economic development in Orleans Parish, very similar to our partners at JEDCO in right. uh, Jefferson Parish, and as well as the St. Tammany Economic Development Foundation. We often don't compete as three parishes. Right. If a project comes into the region... Um, and they need, you know, hundreds of acres of land for a distribution center. The only place you can do that is St. Tammany. If they're looking for a CBD location with all the amenities and they're doing um, a software, you know, company or they're doing high-tech jobs, downtown New Orleans is where they look. Right. There are a lot of things that they look for that you can only find at Jefferson Parish. So um, we're all so different right. that um, we work best together. It's amazing just, you know, because of, the, I guess, the, the maturity of some areas as opposed to others, mm-hmm. the, the growth. We're landlocked on the south shore. They're not on the north shore. Mm-hmm. Those differences, and we're just so close, right? We're very close. And one area that we've seen a lot of increased interest in is on the industrial side in New Orleans East. Um, you know, with the Newport project, uh, 510 will be kind of the gateway to the uh, new container terminal in St. Bernard Parish. That goes right through New Orleans East. So we see a lot of um, industrial opportunity there, um, which, you know, will lead to increased residential and commercial growth. But, um, yeah, that's, you know, it, it's all pieces of the puzzle. And we have to look at it as one metro area and say, you know, the port's a great example. That will be the new container terminal slated for St. Bernard Parish, but it won't one there yet. But I guess that's going to be soon to come. Yeah, um, you know that'll that'll be a totally new team, and that's not unusual when you have a right. governor change over. You know, we saw it from the Jindal administration to the Edwards administration; very different priorities. So we're just kind of waiting to see what those priorities are. But I can tell you that, um, you know, when you look at Louisiana, there's only seven or eight parishes that have a good amount of people and that are growing and we're all basically along i-10 and i think over this transition period um, with the help of a lot of folks like michael and a lot of new orleans folks who've been on the governor's transition team um, we're singing the same tune that jefferson and east baton rouge and lafayette are singing you know we want to see we'd love to see some you know aggressive strategies and incentives to grow business in our biggest population parishes because if you look across the south that's where the that's what's happening in other states so you know we want to help prioritize that in louisiana as well 
Well, obviously, if you're going to compete, you got to be every bit as good as the, those yep. folks that you're competing against. And, and then you have to be uh, maybe even more innovative in many respects in, in order to win out, right? I mean, because we have challenges down here. Obviously, the weather's mm -hmm. a big challenge for us, and uh, south of the I-10 is a big challenge for us uh, because of the nature of the topography mm -hmm. uh, that we deal with. Although it, it, it has uh, rewarded us with huge benefits, mm -hmm. but still ha has challenges where other states don't face that as much. And, and that coming together of everybody with an expertise in a certain area really helps, right? I mean, a lot of it's perception also. You yeah. know, we have to do a better job of saying there's also risk at a lot of our neighboring sure. states and, and regions. Um, you know, I mean, there's, there's some kind of risk everywhere. Um, and, you know, we're kind of seeing that with the insurance crisis kind of roll out to other states other than Louisiana. You know, they've yeah. got the wildfires and earthquakes in California. But um, we need to do a better job of talking about, you know, the $15 billion levy protection, you know, uh, storm protection system that we have since Katrina. You know, we still get a lot of people who equate, especially in the international market, New Orleans with Katrina. You know, that's 18 years ago. And we've got an awesome example of during Ida of that system working. Um, and we've got areas that have, you know, especially all the, almost all of New Orleans East, none of that has flooded since Katrina. No. So, you know. Well, I was just going to say that it's a huge opportunity for out there because, I mean, that's the only area around, quite frankly, that has vast amount of land next to an urban center. That's right. And um, it's already got a really vibrant economy. You know, we've got the NASA facility out there. Folgers has a large facility. New Orleans Cold Storage just expanded. Um, you know, food manufacturing is a, is a big deal out there. And we've actually had, I think, two conversations this week um, with companies looking at expanding manufacturing, especially in the food and beverage world in New Orleans East. But, um, you know, so our organization, we keep a big focus on that. I did also want to mention, you know, we keep a big focus on our small businesses mm -hmm. because New Orleans is a small business town. So we run a number of programs out of NOLA BA, um, Invest NOLA, which is specifically for entrepreneurs of color who have at least um, about a half a million dollars in revenue threshold that want to grow their companies. And then really since COVID, we've done a lot of work with neighborhood businesses because we understand that, you know, in New Orleans is not really a city of 380,000 people. It's really eight small cities that yeah. shared the same municipal government. Um, and each one of those, you know, areas of town has their own little downtown. Right. And to make sure those neighborhoods thrive, we need to make sure that we're helping out the businesses that um, bring foot traffic um, and honestly make those neighborhoods a desirable place to live. Yep. Everybody wants to walk to get a cup of coffee. Um, and y you've got to keep those commercial corridors healthy. Healthy, absolutely. Um, so we've done a lot of work with our Resilient Corridor Initiative and uh, Homegrown Holidays, which was a shop local campaign. And then one thing I'd also want to talk about, which is transitioning, we're moving into the second phase of our Advancing Cities project, which is, uh, was initially funded by J.P. Morgan Chase. And that's a workforce development program to make sure that we have people who can do things like permeable pavement and bioswales and all of the, you know, flood mitigation efforts that we have in place. We want to make sure New Orleans people are trained in how to build and maintain that. 
And in the meanwhile, all of you guys, all of the business groups are working together in concert with one another, with uh, um, the New Orleans Sports Foundation, because we've got a big party coming this yeah. way in, in about a year. It's going to be <laughs> and, really important. And in it's fact, amazing because everybody's got a little small part piece or whatever of, of making sure that that's successful. Yeah, last year at this event, I ran into some Greater New Orleans Sports Foundation folks, and they said, we should probably meet. So um, over the course of the year, um, NOLA BA will be part of their supplier diversity efforts to make sure, you know, I mean, that's a lot of money that's coming into our economy right. from not just what the NFL spending, but think about every single sponsor. I mean, last time we had these crazy concerts just in tents and in right. every venue in the city. Um, it gets bigger every year. That's an awesome opportunity for small businesses, local businesses, women, minority-owned businesses to not only cash in on the event, but to step up their game mm -hmm. and to say, hey, I catered a party for Pepsi. Right. So, yeah, I can handle whatever conference comes to New Orleans after this. Absolutely. And it could be a jump start for a whole lot of uh, different folks you know, that are here in our in, in our community, working in our economy, and making a difference, quite frankly. Yeah, and I think this next Super Bowl is really going to set us up. We, we've got to knock it out of the park, and I don't have any doubt that we will. But this will be the Super Bowl that kind of cements New Orleans' place, I believe, in the Super Bowl, um, in the rotation, because you have so many new stadiums. Thankfully, most of them are in the suburbs, right. so you can't walk over to cool yeah. things to do. Um, but... You know, this this will be our time to shine with an, a, an almost new Superdome. You know, all of the new amenities that especially downtown mm -hmm. has since the last one. You know, Caesars spending a lot of money renovating. And they'll be fully open by then. They'll be ready to go. We got, you know, a new Four Seasons. Almost every hotel in town has renovated their rooms in the past couple of years. In fact, we had a consultant tell us they expect $300 million to be spent in downtown New Orleans just on renovating hotel rooms. So as locals, that's something that we don't see. Yeah. So that's not even, you know, the restaurants or the public areas. That's just making sure they have new beds and new linens and things like that. A lot of that comes from local suppliers. Absolutely. So no these doubt. events are essential. We need them as these spikes. Um, and then it's our job to fill in, you know, in between. Well, Lewis, thank you so much for joining us. Lewis Davi, congratulations on your new position, being named CEO excuse me, of the New Orleans Business Alliance, and best of luck to you all in 2024. Thank you so much, Noel. All righty. We will be right back, folks. We're broadcasting live from the Hyatt Regency New Orleans, Greater New Orleans, Inc. annual lunch in 2024. We'll be right back. Stay with us. We are broadcasting live from the Hyatt New Orleans for the annual luncheon of greater new orleans inc 20 years that they have uh, been helping uh, develop our, uh, our economy here throughout the metropolitan area they do a lot of different things in dealing with uh, business initiatives and business development and they involve themselves in public policy uh, matters whether it's at the federal level or the state level to give you an example like um Transportation Worker Identification Credential Reform, otherwise known as TWIC, just improving access to jobs at ports, logistics, industrial facilities, things that you never hear about, historic tax credits, 
the WRDA, Water Resources Development Act, and they worked in, in that uh, area as well as infrastructure, dealing with rail and so many other things, broadband and the like. So a wide variety of activities that they involved themselves in and helping to develop public policy that makes sense for the state of Louisiana and the city of New Orleans. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.